Welcome to another episode of Today's Tick. My name is Trent Scheidecker. I'm a chiropractor and I'm also an advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Each week we like to study in an inspiring principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thanks for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. Life and health are in a sense synonymous terms. We have been able to measure the absolute aspect of life. Science can determine with a pretty good degree of certainty if a person is alive or dead. But we have not learned to measure the relative aspect of life, what we call health. We acknowledge it with like phrases such as, he is not experiencing life to the fullest, or quality of life is lower. That was written by Joe Strauss, chiropractor and friend of mine. And in today's tick, we're going to grow in our understanding of what is health and well-being. Does it correlate to how you feel? And how does the chiropractic paradigm fit into raising your quality of life regardless of the presence or absence of symptoms. As you listen, make sure you share us with your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and feel free to tag us at Today's Tick. Now let the class begin. We know for absolute certainty if someone is alive or dead. But without having a complete picture of what the relative aspect or degree of quality of life or well-being is, let's discuss health and well-being in today's episode. Early viewpoints and theories on health and well-being centered on the relationship between normal function of the body equating health and when there were signs of disease or physical or mental weakness, the body was not healthy. In this early viewpoint, health was the non-entity and disease was the entity. Entities and non-entities are scientific terms to describe things with distinct and independent existence. Entities and non-entities are around us all the time, and for most of us, we just don't give it enough recognition or care which one is which. For example, Darkness is the non-entity and light is the entity. Darkness is only present when light is absent, which means there's less photos or photons present. You see, when you turn the light on, the photons from the light take over the location and drive the emptiness of the darkness out of the room. Another way of looking at it is the presence of light takes over the absence of light darkness. The manifestation of darkness is only perceivable with the absence of light. Darkness is interesting in the realm of physics as it is actually the absence of the entity, which is light. 
you see early viewpoints of health and well-being revolved around entities and non-entities, but it was revolved around no signs of disease or no signs of symptoms as being the indicator of whether or not the entity was present. And so with knowledge comes changing viewpoints and health and well-being is one change in viewpoint that has taken place over the years. The World Health Organization, also known as WHO, WHO, took the lead and created a definition that in essence changed the viewpoint on health to the entity and disease to the non-entity. WHO defines health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. This is a really important definition to look up and really understand. You can soak on it and reread it multiple times to really get how profound this definition is. This definition is important to us when it comes to understanding that health or function is the entity and disease or infirmity is the non-entity. When your body is unhealthy or sick, It's due to an absence of health or function. Let me say this again. When your body is unhealthy or sick, it's due to an absence of health or function. Health defined by the World Health Organization is the state of complete well-being, regardless of the absence of disease or infirmity. When looking at well-being and the overall function of the body, how alive you are is the entity, and how much closer you are to infirmity is the non-entity. For greater clarification on this viewpoint, disease or infirmity is the non-entity, and health or function are the entity. Disease or infirmity is only present when health or function are absent. Less health is present is a sign that disease is close. You see, when you heal or create new cells, tissues, and overall well-being through the recuperative power of the body to maintain coordinated function, the coordinated function within the body takes over the location and drives the emptiness of the disease or infirmity out of the body. Very similar to light coming in and taking over the absence or taken over the darkness and replacing the absence with more photons. Another way of looking at it is the presence of health or function takes over the absence of health and function, which is manifestation of disease or infirmity. Sickness is the absence of well-being. The manifestation of disease or sickness is only perceivable with the absence of health or normal function. I know this is a mouthful and a lot to soak on, but you see the 1948 definition of health and well-being by the World Health Organization as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity defines your health in terms of functional efficiency. The modern consensus in the healthcare world including the chiropractic profession, all say the same thing. Your health or well-being are not related to the absence of disease or symptoms. 
It's correlated to levels of functional efficiency. Functional efficiency is in the context of how is your body operating as a whole and complete entity. Functional efficiency within your body is the entity and the presence of disease or infirmity is the non-entity. Let's look at a couple examples so you can get a better understanding. We've already looked at the light and dark. Let's discuss heat versus cold. Heat versus cold is a great example of entity versus non-entity. Can you guess which one is the entity? Can you guess which one's the non-entity? You're correct if you said heat is the entity. You cannot create a non-entity. A non-entity is only present when the entity is absent. So that means you cannot create cold. You can only move away heat. Cold is only present when you remove heat from existence. I know this is giving you a mind Mind buster. I used to uh, sit down in the college library at the University of Minnesota Duluth and study for hours and hours on physics. And this is physics in essence and equations all come and revolve around these entities and non-entities and life revolves around it. For example, your refrigerator or air conditioner do not create a cold environment. They merely remove heat from the location. It's mind-boggling. Light versus darkness, we've already discussed, but we can discuss it again one more time. Let's try it. Which one's the entity and which one's the non-entity? You're correct if you said light is the entity. You cannot create darkness if you turn the light or went outside during the day. There isn't enough darkness to override lightness. You can merely block light from shining to show the non-entity of darkness being present. The World Health Organization statement agrees with health, well-being, function, or quality of life within your body being the entity and disease or infirmity being the non-entity. Function and well-being are your normal states of being and you only produce disease or infirmity if you take function or well-being away or interfere it from being present just like that light example blocking the light then therefore creates darkness as a chiropractor who has been practicing for close to 10 years now i've seen thousands and thousands of people close to over a million chiropractic adjustments that move people closer to complete function, I professionally agree with the viewpoint that health and well-being are the entity and disease and infirmity are the non-entity. I recommend to my clients all the time that investing into your quality of life, regardless of how you feel, will produce the greatest return on your investment. The developer of chiropractic, B.J. Palmer, in the early 1900s had this viewpoint well ahead of the formal definition that the World Health Organization created. B.J. Palmer has a quote that reflects this viewpoint as the following. Chiropractic is health insurance, premium small, dividends large. And I believe what B.J. Palmer's viewpoint and quote was is if you invest into your body and find ways that promote 
greater well-being regardless of the presence or absence of disease so that the body can produce large dividends of return in the form of wholeness and complete function. Chiropractors have an objective to locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation so that the neurological communication within the body is optimal, thereby allowing the full expression of the body's innate intelligence, allowing the law of demand and supply in the body to be at its ideal state, which promotes a higher quality of life or well-being. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The body is made up of an estimated 70 trillion cells, and every one of them is working for the greater good of the body to function in a complete, normal state of well-being. You see, when one of those cells are unable to keep up with the demands of normal function, the innate intelligence within the body will recognize that the cell cannot keep up. Supply and demand are a principle within the body of healing, and healing within the body is in a constant flux and stability based on the body's inner wisdom to keep the trillions of cells within you working together through coordination and well-being. All things being equal, supplying your body with simple and smart choices that promote more health and well-being can give you a competitive advantage for the demands of keeping your quality of life in equilibrium. We all have stress and the buildup of stress on our life, on our quality of life, on our body and well-being are real and it creates so much suffering and dysfunction within our body that most of us, I would say 99% of us, are unaware of it. You see, when stress outweighs the body's ability to adapt to it, a deviation away from well-being and wholeness and towards dysfunction can occur, can and does occur. And for those who are fighting the day-to-day grind of stress and demands, the signs and symptoms of a long day of stress are usually evident at the end of the commute home after a long day's work or at the end of the week just grasping for recovery and rest. This battle against the negative effects of stress on our body is directly correlated to being a factor in the cause of vertebral subluxation, which is what chiropractors have an objective of correcting. You see, as long as you have stress in a spine, you have the potential for subluxation to occur. Our profession has a long-standing viewpoint as health as the entity and dysfunction as the non-entity. And so with that being said, chiropractic care has a viewpoint that it's for asymptomatic people or for general health promotion and well-being as well as anyone else. So it's not limited to when you are in a state of a complete absence of well-being. It's supported, this viewpoint is supported throughout the profession as it lines with other healthcare professionals as well. I'm going to cite a paper here just for reference for all those who are listening within the profession. The position paper number one, which is endorsed by most, if not all, chiropractic universities in the U.S. and most, if not all, chiropractic organizations was written by the Association of Chiropractic Colleges, 
defines the practice of chiropractic in, as the following. Number one, establishing a diagnosis. Number two, facilitating neurological and biomechanical integrity through the appropriate chiropractic case management. And number three, promoting health. Yes, there you go, friends, promoting health. The position paper continues on and says chiropractic is concerned with the preservation and restoration of health and focuses particular attention on vertebral subluxation. Vertebral subluxation is defined as a complex of functional and or structural and or pathological articular changes that compromise neural integrity and may influence organ system function and general health and well-being. Vertebral subluxation is evaluated, diagnosed, or analyzed, and managed through the use of chiropractic procedures based on the best available rational and empirical evidence. And the practice of chiropractic aligns with the World Health Organization's definition of health and well-being. Vertebral, vertebral subluxation compromises neural integrity and may negatively influence other organ system and general health and well-being without any indicators of a lack of health or well-being taking place. It can happen to asymptomatic people. You see, correcting vertebral subluxation in the practice of chiropractic promotes more health and well-being. And well-being is when you're thriving in a complete physical, mental, and psychological state. And they, they've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Health is the greatest wealth, and your level of well-being is directly impacted by how your body is functioning. And so in order to thrive instead of survive, your physiological state is dependent upon complete function, not merely the absence of symptoms or disease. It's a popular belief that well-being is related to feeling good, but that unfortunately does not work. There are many people that feel fine and suffer from a lack of complete physical, mental, and or psychological well-being. Dental cavities, heart attacks, and cancer are just a few of the examples of feeling good while living outside the realm of well-being. How you feel just isn't the greatest yardstick to measure how well you're functioning. Well-being is more than just how you feel. The principles behind chiropractic are founded on the concept that your well-being is dependent upon a complete state of function. The purpose of chiropractic is to promote more well-being through the application of chiropractic adjustments that move you towards wholeness by removing negative dysfunction within your spine. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you enjoyed with it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. If this is your first episode. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and be a champion, be a hero, and send them this episode. You never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. BJ Palmer.
Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical condition, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. And in addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risk associated with chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.